played one of the scenes on the Zeppelin. All the passengers were wearing fur coats and hats, and it's supposed to be in the winter time. And um, I played it without my trousers. And Harrison said, "You're not going to play the scene without your trousers." I said, "Well, if I don't, I'll be stopping all the time because I, I sweat enormously. I sweat very easily." Well, he did the same. <laughs> you wanna sing and you wanna sing Like when the xenomorph took out Harry Dean You wanna sing and you wanna sing Like when Bobby D says you're talking to me Seen It All with Jeff and John Hey everybody, welcome to Seen It All with Jeff and John The podcast where we break down our favorite scenes from our favorite movies I'm Jeff Glover And I'm John Zabriskie And... <laughs> You left just when you were becoming interesting. <laughs> and in this episode, we are going to try reading books instead of burning them. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We are talking about a scene wow. from the 1989 family adventure classic, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. We're about to complete a great quest. The Holy Grail, Dr. Jones. Oh, rats. The shield is the second marker. We found it. Indiana Jones is on the quest of a lifetime. But for some adventures, one Jones is not enough. Dad? Junior? Don't call me that, please. Follow me! I know the way! race across three continents. And in this sort of race, there's no silver medal for finishing second. Hang on, Dad, we're going in! Into the homeland of the enemy. Nazis. I hate these guys. Our situation has not improved. It is search for the Holy Grail. Are you crazy? Don't go between them! Go between them! Are you crazy? Where's my father? In the belly of that steel beast. Dad! Junior! You call this archaeology? The quest for the grail is not archaeology. It's a race against evil. Germany has declared war on the Jones boys. Those people are trying to kill us. I know, Dad! It's a new experience for me. It happens to me all the time. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Have the adventure of your life. Keeping up with the Joneses. Woohoo! Oh, cue your Sean Connery impressions now. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Dude. My, your boobs are big. <laughs> uh, this is a fun one, John. This was a, a fun rewatch for me, I have to say. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, watched this a lot uh, as a kid with my family, but I had probably been watching it beginning to end. I'm going to say I haven't done that for 15, 20 years, maybe longer. Ooh. Um, been a very long time since I watched the whole thing in, in its entirety. So long time, um, long yeah. Time. So this was this was pretty fun rewatch. What uh, 
What's your history with this with this film? Why did you choose this movie? Uh, I chose this. Um, <laughs> this is my third choice. Uh, if we're keeping track, mm-hmm. track, um, track. Uh, <laughs> ah! pick sweat. And um, pretty early on, here I am pulling from my top five movies. This is up mm-hmm. there in the top five uh, with the aforementioned Predator, which we've talked about quite a bit. Uh, but this is one. Um, my history goes back to the release date or maybe like the weekend of the release date, because I remember specifically my parents going to the theater uh, in Knoxville, Tennessee. I could tell you what theater was if I could like, you know, Mm. find on the Google maps, if it still exists, who knows. Uh, But I remember specifically them going like the night before to preview it for my brother and I, my brother, Aaron and I to see if it was appropriate to see if it was appropriate because it was an actual PG 13 movie. Yeah. Um, And if I remember correctly, I think it was a drop John and Aaron off at the movies kind of night so they could, Oh, Although, that's a good well, no, that, no, 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 no. That would have been too early. Sorry. Okay. I, I, I know that happened. Been nine. Yeah. I don't know how much older Aaron is. If Aaron no, no, was... he's younger. Oh, Aaron's younger. <laughs> Aaron's younger. Oh, yeah. No, that's not going to happen. No, no, that didn't happen. No, that was <laughs> that was more like a mid '90s thing. Never mind. That was like, never mind. I'm thinking like Jurassic Park and like sure, yeah, stuff like that. Like yeah. later on, definitely okay for the purpose of the show. My parents did not leave me at nine <laughs> years old. <laughs> In the theater alone, but they did preview it. I remember and coming back, my dad's always wanted to say, "Oh, there's like there's some violence and there's there's some kissing, but it's okay." <laughs> um, and then we went to go watch it in the theater. I instantly loved the movie. Um, I'm probably like you and grew up on those first two, probably watching them on cable or on the VHS, uh, Temple of Doom and Raiders of the Lost Ark. And this is like the Absolutely. movie for me that just really tied it all together um, and just kind of capped everything off as this trilogy, very similar to like the star Wars original trilogy, just capping it. Like the uh, hero has gone on the adventure. He's completed himself. He's made peace with his father in both of these trilogies. Um, And I just thought it was just like an instant classic. It's one like I have always had on VHS or DVD um, or downloaded movie file from who knows where <laughs> right <laughs> germany um, probably um <laughs> but it's just one that's uh, like you're saying a family movie I, I like i reached out to my family and i was saying hey i'm covering last crusade this week and my mom chimes in <laughs> you left just as you were becoming interesting you left just when you were becoming interesting <laughs> she loves that line and my brother aaron uh, he always loves the line, they're taking us back to Germany. They're taking us back to Germany. <laughs> uh, my dad loves the movie because it's like one that we both love a lot. And we've watched it together um, a few times before. So it's just been in my life as just this touchstone movie of uh, theater experience, but also family movie that we all have favorite parts of. Yeah, this was, um, I, I think my experience is very similar to yours. I, I actually texted my parents and ask them like did we go see this in the theater as a family because i could not remember Mm -hmm. if we did and she said she couldn't remember either although in 89 i would have been nine my sister would have been seven so that might have been a little too young for her although my parents are pretty liberal about taking us to see stuff so i would not be surprised if we did go see this in the theater but that's not my main memory of this movie my main memory is watching this at home with the family that that the Indiana Jones trilogy was a family favorite. Like all the indie movies were movies that everybody in our family enjoyed my mom, dad, me, and my sister. Like we could all enjoy those movies. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
I don't know. We had, <laughs> we had, there was like a trilogy of trilogies in our house, like the Star Wars trilogy, the Back to the Future trilogy. I was going to say Back to the Future. Yep. And the Indiana Jones trilogy. We always owned those on VHS. Well, you know, the 80s and 90s, it was VHS. <clears throat> and um, when we had like, for there was a span of time when like uh, before I became like an older teenager, when we were all home for New Year's uh, Eve, when we would do movie marathons for New Year's Eve, that's like kind of what we did as a family. And there was definitely like a three or four year period where it was like one year we watched all three Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. One year we watched all the Back to the Future and one year we definitely watched all the Indiana Jones movies. But uh-huh. The Last Crusade was always the one that seemed to be on the most. Hmm. I, I think of all of them, it's the most family friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it has the least amount of like violence, uh, has a lot of humor to it. The adventure, there's like an adventurousness. Uh, I don't want to say campiness. I think that is the wrong word, but um, you know, kind of there's a, a goofiness. There's certainly a goofiness. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, I know that these movies are based off of like the pulp comics of the forties and fifties. And so I feel like that really comes through in this one, especially um, whatever, you know, whatever, however you want to describe it, it, it makes it very family friendly. Hmm. But uh, yeah, this was, this was always on our shelf growing up. This was anytime we came across it on cable, me and my dad were stopping to watch it. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was a, it was a bona fide family classic for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And just, yeah, like you're saying, just as I, I, in my opinion, it's stood the test of time. I don't know how you felt on the recent rewatch, but I watched this probably a couple days after I mentioned that this was going to be the next scene. Uh, yeah. And just um, even just watching on the phone uh, as I have to do sometimes just, uh, just yeah. enthrall, just wanted to see what happens next. What happens next? Oh, there's that line. Um, just, the, oh, so, just like uh, other formative movies, like I've talked about, like star Wars, princess bride, uh, back to the future, uh, big trouble in little China. Just, this is a movie. I just, find myself kind of quoting in reaction, not yeah. thinking I'm quoting it, but like also, but more likely <laughs> I think I'm being clever than realizing later, later, like, Oh, that was, that was naughty. <laughs> I, uh, this rewatch for me was actually kind of interesting. I don't know how it was mm. for you, but I definitely noticed, like I said, I hadn't watched the whole thing from beginning to end in a very long time. And, uh, the, the silliness and the goofiness that you mentioned, like mm-hmm. I, I noticed that way more. Okay. I also kind of noticed the ridiculousness of the story <laughs> and the timeline yeah. of things. <laughs> yeah. It's really crazy <laughs> when you it's, think about it. It's nuts. Um, I was also like, how does Dr. Jones have a job as a professor? <laughs> Like he's the worst professor. He is the worst. He's the worst teacher. He literally escaped school. Yeah. How does he keep that job? Does he not have classes to teach things to grade? Um, Dr. Jones would get fired if I was running that that (laughs) college. (laughs) But he's such a rock star, right? He is just an icon of a, of a man. Yeah, but that's the thing is like, that's what he needs to be out doing. He, th- that should just be his job. Like, why is he trying to masquerade as a professor? He doesn't have time for that. Right. <laughs> Got to go get on boats in the middle of the ocean to get Coronado's cross or whatever. Exactly. From yeah. the SS Coronado <laughs> or whatever the name of that ship is. 
But I, uh, although those things came through uh, a little more on the rewatch, I, I also kind of looked at it. I kind of watched it through now the eyes of a parent. Yes. And um, really appreciated uh, more why this was kind of a family favorite of ours. Like I can see why it was um, one that my parents didn't never hesitated to put on. Like it's just fun. And every scene is uh, fun and action packed and has humor and it really never slows down. It's, it's a pretty, for a over two hour runtime, it, it moves pretty quick. Yeah. I, I will say, for me, watch rewatching it, um, I guess the lens I had was also on family. Um, I was especially wanting to see, since this scene really focuses on Indiana's dad, I want to see, like, do they actually connect? Because it's like they go mm-hmm. on the adventure. Uh, and then, like, in hindsight, watching the movie, I realized, like, right away, like, the big punch for me, like, the big emotional climax for me um, doesn't, it's not, doesn't have anything to do with the grail at the end, the grail scene to me is like bonus. And I'll talk more about that yeah. uh, when we break down the scene. Um, but to me, I noticed uh, for me, I was just waiting the whole movie for Sean Connery to show up. Right. Right. As soon as he shows up, then it's like, well, the movie just takes off and becomes this other thing. Whereas before, like those first, that first act is just very much following the motions of the previous two of kind of setting everything up and like, okay, this is another adventure. Mm-hmm. Um Right. He's going to have a lady friend who's helping him out. He's after this holy artifact. Okay, we've been there, but then throwing the dad in the mix, throwing James Bond himself uh, in the mix is what really, really kicks this movie like above the others to me. You know what I noticed this time that I had never realized before as a kid? What did you notice? Pardon my vulgarity here, but Indy and his dad both fucked Elsa. What? <laughs> Well, yeah, she, she talks did. in her sleep. She talks in her sleep. Yeah, like, and as a as a kid, I that I never I never picked up on that as a what? kid. What? I never quite realized that's what they meant. <laughs> <laughs> and watching it now, it was like, oh god, <laughs> ships that pass in the night. Oh yes, ships that pass in the night. <laughs> As you say, I'm only human or something. Yeah, I'm as human as the next man. I'm as human as the next guy. I was the next man. I'm as human as the next man. I was the next man. (laughs) I just just like to get my dick wet. (laughs) Give her the old bone roller coaster. (laughs) Make the old fish. I mean, I'm the Highlander. What can I say? (laughs) I'm Ramirez. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Elsa. <laughs> oh boy! So, yeah, like that was a bit of a revelation for me. I have to admit. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Can you tell me when that was a revelation? Uh, when I was during this scene, when they have that conversation. No, no. I mean, like for you, like personally. Like, when did I realize that they both? Yes. This rewatch. No. Yes. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> she talks in her sleep. She talks in her sleep. I, I know. I, I told you I haven't. I haven't watched this from beginning to end in like over twenty years, probably. All right. All right. All right. And I call me naive when I was uh, thirteen years old, but I never quite put those puzzle pieces together. <laughs> well, they did. Her, she talks in her sleep. She talks in her sleep. <laughs> she talks in her sleep. <laughs> oh, it uh, really, really changes the. 
the setting of those those conversations a bit. <laughs> so that was like, fun. That was fun. Yeah, and it's, it's it's good stuff. This yeah, just speaks more to like the 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 character of Henry Jones um, coming before literally coming before uh, Indiana Jones uh, in previous adventures, whether that's like romances or going on these archaeological raids. Yeah. Um, it really speaks to this character they set up and really executed during this movie, which, uh, again, n- number five, number four, number three, it's somewhere around there. It used to be my favorite movie for a long time. I just got an image of uh, Dr. Jones. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> of uh, Dr. Jones Sr. opening up his diary and like making a little sketch of him and <laughs> Oh yeah! There you go. <laughs> Let me draw you. I draw you like I draw those French girls. <laughs> oh, I went down to the canyon of the Crescent Moon. <laughs> <laughs> Off of the lion shed. Oh. <laughs> All right. All right. Five more. Five more. <laughs> uh, there's more coming, everybody. Don't worry. Hey, hey yo. There it is. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Where, you know, uh, okay. So I, so we haven't actually uh, discussed uh, which scene that you actually chose here. No, yeah. We need to, I guess we need to circle the drain on that one. But yeah, yeah we're talking, talking about. The scene where Indy and his father board the Zeppelin on their way out of Germany. Uh, and then the scene ends once they hop on the biplane and detach it from the Zeppelin because the Zeppelin now is headed back to Germany. Yeah. So for those of you keeping up at home, the timestamp here is about uh, an hour and 11 minutes and 17 seconds. And we'll finish off at one hour, 16 minutes and 55 seconds. And uh, I'm I'm curious to ask you this question, John, because this movie is full of action sequences and all sorts of great great stunts, uh, great moments, lots of great scenes, and it would be hard for me to choose one. So tell me, why did you choose this scene? Uh, I good question. I chose this. Sorry, I just can't help but think of all these <laughs> thoughts in Sean Connery's voice now. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I chose this scene because, uh, like I was saying on, not on the rewatch, I guess it's kind of like meta rewatching, but like in my head, mm-hmm. uh, thinking about my favorite movies and this one comes up, comes up all the time when I'm trying to think of like a scene to pick, thinking about what the movie really means in a nutshell, it is Indy's quest to find his father. And this is what I would call probably part two and a four part connection, like reconnecting between Indy and his dad. I, I think this is essential. This is really showing us the character of Henry, um, not just through Henry's actions and words, but also through what Indy is telling us, the audience, as he's uh, recounting his childhood with his dad. And I, I think it really paints a picture of their past together um, without necessarily having to show it. It was shown a little tiny bit at the beginning of the movie with River Phoenix, young Indy coming home to his dad and his dad saying like, slow down, junior count to 20 in Greek. Right. But this is really dialing into what their relationship is all about or what it has been and perhaps how it's going to evolve. And, and so I think it's, it's a real, pivot point for them actually starting to work together and 
more so than just try to find a grail, but try to find that connection, um, that father-son connection that really I don't think they ever had. Yeah, this is the only movie where Spielberg or the and the writers um, really do any attempt to kind of round out Indiana Jones as a character. Right. This is really the only movie where we get a window into his childhood, a window into his relationship with his father. And I, th- I do find it interesting. I, I think this is a great choice for a scene because I do find it interesting. Just the little bit that we get here with Indy talking to his father and we, you know, Spielberg's very careful to not make the movie overly um, dramatic in that sense. I guess we'll talk about this more when we get there, but, um, right. but we get enough to kind of understand that there is some, anger there there are some unresolved issues um and their relationship is not perfect for sure right and so we start to kind of get a glimpse of that here so in that respect i think it's a really kind of interesting fun moment in the movie for sure yeah and it's it's a time for the movie also to breathe i think this is the first breathing that Sean Connery, Harrison Ford have been able to do uh, in the same setting and in the same scene. Cause uh, before this, it's been, you know, running from the castle or driving the motorcycle away. I'm going to Berlin to grab the diary and Adolf Hitler signing it. And this is their first time really to, to sit down and talk to each other. And yeah, if you, if you don't nail this scene, I think then you just kind of continuing on with that chasing and you don't really have that heart. I feel like it actually is able to stab at a little bit in this movie. That's, that's very, very true because as soon as he realizes his father is taken captive, like he goes off on this adventure Mm -hmm. and uh, once he begins that the movie kind of nonstop, nonstop, nonstop is sort of like action sequence, you know, to action sequence to action sequence really. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is the first time. And probably if I go back and watch the movie, it's probably about 30 minutes that we kind of get a moment with these characters. So yeah, it is a breath of fresh air and a nice moment to sort of see these two characters that are related on screen, uh, have a conversation. Right. And we want to see them on screen together. This is Sean Connery. This is Harrison Ford, two just excellent, excellent actors. Right. I think, I think they're trying in this movie too. Um, you know, there, there might be some other movies where they're not necessarily trying. It's more like paycheck movies, but I, I think it's Harrison Ford knowing this is his <laughs> quote unquote final uh, time taking uh, the mantle of Indiana Jones. It's not um, at the moment. It probably was yeah. at, at the moment. And it's yeah. um, Sean Connery who knows that his character was really written for him uh, because the original indie character was written by was created by George Lucas and Steven Spielberg as this mashup of like a, like you're saying, like a thirties and forties serial hero right. mixed with James Bond. Right. Right. The globe trotting, the womanizing. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the adventures, the death defying fights. I'll show you some womanizing. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you think you got it from boy? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think that was, one of Sean Connery's uh, big notes uh, in writing his own character was that everything that Indy has done, I have to do it a little bit better and before him. Do you think that when Dr. Jones Sr. is having sex, he tells the girl to uh, scream in Latin? (laughs) In Latin. (laughs) Or or does he ask him in Greek? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, I think it's in... In Greek. In Greek. 
in Greek. Exactly. <laughs> but but in, 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 in short story, no, short story long, that's why I chose the scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great choice. Uh, I'm Thanks. excited to get into it with you. So um, we're going to get into the scene breakdown here. Do you want to talk real quick about what's at stake? Sure. Your, your sure. favorite uh, segment? My favorite segment that I, I'll try to keep alive, but um, we, there, there wasn't a whole lot of stakes for Super Troopers, let's be honest, other True. than it. Right, being like the opening scene, but um, I don't even remember talking about the stakes there. Maybe we did, maybe we didn't. I think we may have skipped over it or just talked about drugs, I'm not sure. Yeah, of course. (laughs) The the real, the real hero of the story, drugs. That's what's at stake. Yeah, uh, but... Uh, and story-wise, this is the Jones. What's at stake is that the Jones boys are trying to escape Germany, trying to um, pursue the Grail, continue that pursuit after picking up the diary from Berlin. But that's not going to go as planned, as we'll see as the scene ends. And I think the meta stakes I've already spoken for, saying that this is Indy and Henry sitting down, having that conversation, that quiet scene, that quiet moment. Really, just just a, a few moments. Uh, together for the first time in the movie. For us, the viewers, uh, their entire relationship is kind of at stake here, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So uh, high stakes if you are invested. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a moment in their conversation where you're like, uh oh, like <laughs> this, this could go south and right. they could like just really end up not liking each other more. But we'll talk about it. All right. So should we get into it? Let's do it. All right, part one of the scene is going to be about the first two minutes or so, so from about one hour and 11 minutes to uh, about one hour and 13 and a half minutes. We got Indy and his father walk through the German airport to the large Zeppelin, the German airship. They board the Zeppelin. Indiana and Henry sit down at a table. Indy is excited that they're leaving Germany. Henry doesn't quite agree yet. Indy looks out the window as Henry reads the paper. Indy sees Colonel Vogel running towards the Zeppelin, yelling for it to not take off yet. Indy follows a steward up the stairs. As Vogel begins questioning the passengers on board if they have seen Henry, Indy comes out wearing the steward's uniform. He asks for passengers' tickets as Vogel approaches Henry, pushes Henry's newspaper down, and says hello to him. Guten Tag. Jones. (laughs) Guten Tag. Jones. Indy asks Vogel for his ticket. Vogel recognizes him, and Indy punches him in the face before throwing him out the window and onto the luggage pile down below. Indy explains to the passengers that Vogel had no ticket. And the now panicked passengers hold up their tickets to him as the Zeppelin goes airborne, leaving Vogel on the ground, yelling into the sky. So this is also one of the most famous lines from this movie, right? Yeah, no yeah. ticket. No ticket. Uh, a line that uh, my dad and I would quote to each other for years. <laughs> it, it, is, it is solid. Anytime we were on public transportation. No ticket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. See, uh, yeah, I'm loving, the, I'm loving the through lines here. Yeah, my dad would say, quotes. you got your ticket? And I'd say, no ticket. <laughs> no ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's 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 funny going from this part to the next part. How it is kind of shocking, like logically, wouldn't everybody still be looking at him? And even though he changed clothes, they would know right, what he looked right. like. Like that's the ticket taker. He like he literally threw a German officer out the window. What I learned from the scene is that Indiana Jones like likes nothing less than putting on a costume. Yeah, or and punching Nazis and punching Nazis. This oh. is the second time in very close succession that he has put on a yes. costume to try to outwit his foes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do like the kind of 
joke here where he sort of follows that steward around the corner. We don't see him punch him out. We don't hear anything. He just shows up wearing that steward's uniform. And I think that's a pretty great little comedic punchline uh, that happens sort of Hey-o. on camera. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, he like kind of whispers or murmurs something to the steward. I don't right. know what he Almost says. Almost like he's asking him a question like, where's the bathroom? Or I something. think he says Guten Tag. I think he says mm. good day to him. Um, as he's putting the arm around him, um, right away, my first note, once he like changes into that, that uniform, like you're saying, that costume, that disguise, uh, we're seeing Indy put on the white, like that symbolic good guy gear yeah. uh, versus the Nazi VSS officers, black uniforms. It's that classic black versus white, the classic good versus evil, good versus bad. Yeah, it's immediate. And I love how that uniform is like a little too small for him to I think I think every <laughs> uniform he puts on looks small and sometimes people like in Raiders co- you know comment on it saying like hey your like uniform's not fitting like he's trying to squeeze the buttons together in Raiders he's, he's right. a big well, he's dude he's like a big pulling down right exactly like, to, yeah <laughs> like even in the, the book burning slash Adolf Hitler signing scene uh like the the uniform just looks too tight on him he's just a big burly man he's just bulging yeah. man and he's trying to trying to put on these uniforms worn by these uh, slender german men <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't doesn't doesn't quite fit right <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. um great uh great face acting by many of the characters in this scene yes yes you have you have uh, henry doing the the dad squint like I don't yeah. my glasses. Like, who who is that? Like, I'm reading my newspaper. I is he reading upside down? Can you confirm that real quick for me? So I saw that in your note, and uh, I meant to check for that when I was rewatching this afternoon, and now I can't remember if it was. But I think that you're right. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to take a look. It's I I think so because all the columns are ending. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely upside down. I'm looking at one twelve forty four. It's very clear. You can, which is such a funny little detail, <laughs> and like totally makes sense for this character because Doctor Jones Senior is definitely kind of a he's a bumbler. Yeah, he's he's a little like, bumbler. He's not smooth. No. Yeah, he bumbles like he. It would make sense that in this moment, all he has to do is sit there with the newspaper in front of his face. And he still can't quite do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's <laughs> yeah. trying to blend in, disappear. Uh, maybe that's what Vogel noticed when he walked over to him. He noticed like like yeah. a normal German citizen would not read their newspaper upside down. <laughs> 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 like someone who's skilled in ancient languages uh, would probably right. figure out like, oh, that's that's not the right. That's not the right way. <laughs> So I uh, I would be remiss if we didn't mention for a moment that they are on a Zeppelin. Yes. Which is a pretty cool choice for this movie, um, being a, a method of air travel that's not used anymore, really. No, it wasn't. Uh, and if you check out the Zeppelin facts, it wasn't actually used at that point in time anymore. Oh, really? Because oh. of, uh, I don't know, the, the Hindenburg disaster, right. which right. took place in 1937. So by now, 1938, where the movie takes place, they would not be using the Zeppelins anymore. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but a pretty cool sort of set piece, um, kind of time time period appropriate thing to, to choose. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of fun. You it's, know? it's way fun. It's like, how often are you seeing a Zeppelin in the media? Like, 
<laughs> I don't mean like the media, like the news, like Fox News, like oh, Zeppelin goes well. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, um, don't know why I made that about Fox News. Well, they'd be like, thanks a lot, Zeppelin, for raising our taxes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> our taxes are higher than God. Zeppelin, whatever. <laughs> But like I, I couldn't think of a lot of examples. I don't know if you could at all. Um, I no, thought of- I can't, and that's why it's kind of fun, like just to see because we get a lot of we get several wide shots of the Zeppelin uh, flying. You know, it's just it's kind of a cool detail to this movie. They didn't have to do that, right? Um, but but they did, and they spent the time and energy and money in, in putting that together, and it's just a, a really fun sort of artifact of the time that they chose to include in the movie. And I appreciate that. Right. And I, I think a lesser movie would also have blown up the Zeppelin. Let's <laughs> right, be honest. Right. It just Hindenburg part two. Yeah, exactly. Hindenburg part two, the, the, the revenge. Um, <laughs> I could think of like one other movie. That's the rocketeer. Um, and oh, they, yeah. they do blow up the Zeppelin in that one. Mm. As Timothy Dalton is trying to, I guess, escape LA on the Zeppelin, if I remember correctly. And then escape LA part one. Exactly. Yeah. yeah the world war two edition, the world war two era. I have to say, I have not seen the rocketeer since I was probably, what year did that come out? Like 88 Ooh, or something? Would, 91? I think that's 92, 93. Boy, I, I could probably have not really seen that movie since the year it came out. Yeah, uh, I, I remember seeing it in the theater. I, that might have been the only time I saw it. I remember God. liking it. But I, I love that was ninety one. Wow. Okay, I remember okay. loving that movie as as a kid and the Zeppelin scene really standing out. Like you have this movie in eighty nine with the Zeppelin. You have Rocketeer ninety one with the Zeppelin. I mean, from here on out, it was looking everything was looking Zeppelin. Like, give me more Zeppelin movies. <laughs> more Zeppelin movies. What's this new movie coming out? Does it have a Zeppelin? <laughs> no. Fuck that movie. Is a soundtrack by Led Zeppelin? <laughs> <laughs> mom i only go to see movies with zeppelins in them oh, i know mom come on i remember one of my favorite games final fantasy 6 one of the actually a couple of the ways to travel was by airship specifically uh zeppelin looking blimps or zeppelin looking airships mm. so I, I guess that's my other frame of reference for airships and zeppelins and blimps are just any kind of rpg or like i've talked about before any kind of miyazaki film they love airships do you have Zeppelin Simulator on your PC? Oh man, what what I I wouldn't want I wouldn't want yeah I would not want Zeppelin sim, Simulator. What I would want would be the Zeppelin cabin sound and that you hear mm. in the part three basically or the part two and the part three just that low hum that mm, yeah oh I love that, that is so, a good sound so soothing that's such a good sound yeah it's like yeah, the, it's right. like the death star sound and the original star wars that's just going on in the background you don't really notice it until it like cuts the scene you're like oh wow that was really that was really soothing i, I want to work on a death star or on a was this a zeppelin this movie won best uh an academy award for best sound design or sound mixing one of the two Ooh, deservedly so and it's yeah if i remember correctly i think it's all been burnt again right it's all what? Sorry. It's all. I think it's all Ben Burt again. I I, I think uh, the sound designer, mostly known for like all the Star Wars movies. That would make sense. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I could look that up too. I, I'm kind of failing at my job today. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't remember. Like you know, there's a couple different sound awards, and uh, I can't off the top of my head. I can't remember which one it was. It was like. Maybe mixing. There's like sound editing and then also sound mixing. And I don't know what the difference is, but 
I they won yeah. this movie won one of them. Sound mixing maybe is more to do with like the levels. I don't know. It's, it's so when you really go into the nitty gritty. I know. I don't know it, some of it doesn't sound as impressive as it probably really really is, and probably is like a super difficult job. And you probably hear it more often when you're doing it wrong. You're like, oh, that just didn't right. sound good at all. Right. No, I'm, curious, too. And I'm, I'm typing it in. Yeah, it's Ben Burt. Ben, <laughs> ben Burt is the re-recording mixer. Uh, it doesn't look like he's the supervisor, though, but he is there. You'll hear a lot of Star Wars sounds, too, um, like when they start up the biplane at the end of this scene. I forgot to mention right. that in the notes, uh, but that is definitely like borrowing some of the sounds that you hear like, in the Millennium sound. Falcon. Like that. Yes. <laughs> So this movie was uh, nominated for Best Sound Editing, Best Original Score, John Williams, and Best Sound Mixing. Mm. And it won for Sound Editing. And the Oscar for Best Achievement in Sound Effects Editing goes to Ben Bird and Richard Hems for Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Okay. And the difference is, we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> But uh, it's it's deserved. the The sound design in this movie is incredible. I did watch this in my um, kind of home theater room with the full surround sound on. Cool. And uh, yeah, I have to say it it uh, it was a really fun experience. Action sequences, whether it's it's a chase on the ground, whether it's the the zeppelin and the planes in the sky, like. It's a pretty amazing movie to be enveloped in the audio of, and uh, I had a really good time with it. Yeah, so. along with the quotes, I think just the music and the, the yeah. sound design is just iconic. And you hear little music cues here and there. And the John like Williams the, score is so yes. good. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. Like, there's, there's a lot of good little musical cues. Like the Nazi music here is like the do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah. And then later on when like Jones and his dad are running around, you just hear a lot of this. How does that theme go? It's... I can't, I can't even simulate it. It's so hard. It's like such a fluttery, fun sound. Just like yeah. when they're like on the run anytime, it has its own little theme. I'll drop that in there instead of trying to mimic it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, indie punching him in the face with that sound effect like that should win the oscar alone i think that's probably what they're thinking they're watching that at the academy on loop that whoosh. thank you for bringing that up is there anything better than an indiana jones punch no is there anything better than that sound no punch in any other movie in the history of film has the same sound as an indiana jones punch mm-hmm. uh and it's so iconic and I, it sounds like a cross between a Guy hitting a piece of meat and a whip. <laughs> like it's that. Full yep. Oh, it's so perfect. And uh, I'm watching it right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if what that know, was. If I'm, I remember watching the one of the making ofs, either of this movie or Raiders or Temple of Doom, but they made that sound literally by hitting leather jackets with a baseball bat. We beat on pieces of meat. <laughs> we broke chicken bones. <laughs> Probably we had our most success with a pile of leather jackets and a few baseball gloves, making a loose uh, pile of this material and then whacking it with a baseball bat. And out of that came the whole library of hits. And that's perfect. That is that Ben Burton magic, the same guy who's making your 
TIE fighters and laser blasts and Star Wars is mm. also making whip cracks here. The the punching, most likely he's probably helping design the Zeppelin interior sound. Yeah. Um, after the Zeppelin takes off. Yeah. Ooh, just 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 genius work here. Uh, just became not, a Ben Burt fan. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does he does a lot of good things out there. He did I think he was the voice of Wally, if I remember correctly. Like oh. the Pixar movie? Wally? Yeah, like the, the oh. Pixar movie. Okay. I think I think that's him. Eva. Eva. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's the voice of Wally. If I look that up real quick, yeah, Ben Burt is Wally, and he's Mo. Mo. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Should we jump to part two? Um. Let me see. Uh. Oh, last thing I'll say is the actor we see punched in the face. This is um, Michael Byrne, who's a British actor, like. I guess all good uh, German and American people in this movie. <laughs> like you have Julian Glover, who's the main bad guy, Walter Donovan. Yeah. He's a British guy. Uh, but uh, but Michael Byrne in a lot of movies, I think what a lot of people pop culture wise know him from is one of the Harry Potter movies. He plays a prisoner in Azkaban, oh. uh, who I think was a mentor to Voldemort uh, or a teacher to Voldemort. And he's locked up in that tower. He's the British submarine commander in tomorrow never dies. And I remember recognizing him when I watched that movie. I was like, Oh, like Leo pointing at the screen and right. You're like, <laughs> Oh, the German guy, the German guy, the guy from, this is one of those movies where anytime I see the actors and other things, I would say, Oh my gosh, like that's the guy that he, that's Walter Donovan uh, who apparently was he a, Game of Thrones too. Anyway, going way too far afield. Mm. But yeah, this is one of those movies where uh, a lot of that guys came from for me. Nice, a lot of that guys. Yeah, that uh, I do like the idea of all these German guys being played by English actors. <laughs> That's great. Um, all right, so should we get to part two here? The heart to heart conversation with father and son. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. All right, this will be about from uh, 1 hour and 13 minutes and 28 seconds to about 1 hour and 16 minutes flat. Indy, now inextricably in his regular outfit, talks to his father about their shared adventures and shared romances. Hey, <laughs> Elsa. <laughs> I was wondering if you're going to be able to make it through without. <laughs> no. <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> Indy sadly recounts their last shared drink as well as how as now uh, as well as how having Henry as a father was difficult and lonely. Henry pushes back about being a respectful father and about being here and now and Indy does not have a comeback. Henry changes his tone, scoots his chair over to sit next to his son and starts excitedly reading his diary to Indy specifically about the three grail challenges. Aww. Hmm. So this is the glimpse. This is kind of the main glimpse we get into their relationship, into uh, how he was somewhat distant as a father when Indy was growing up and how they've never really talked about it until presumably right now. Yeah, you you had mentioned it before as this insight. Excuse me. Sorry, that chilada is just really <laughs> causing me a lot of burps. It's okay. Uh, that's what chiladas do. Yeah. Oh, hi, caramba. A <laughs> chilada. Oh, sure. I, I gave her the old chilada. <laughs> Take it. 
do you like one chilada or two? I mean, dosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Where, where were we? Is it insight? Um, yes, to answer your question about this being that um, that really valuable insight, I bet, I bet a lot of people are thinking this, too. Like, you have this big gap, like, movie-wise, between... Temple of Doom and this movie. Uh, Temple mm-hmm. of Doom is, I think, 83. And this is 89. So you have the six-year gap. And in cinema terms, that is huge. It's like... It's a very long time. That yeah. is a very long time. Uh, Harrison Ford comes in looking uh, like a lot more beaten up, I would argue, a lot more weathered. Yeah. Um, and and people are probably saying, well, this is his last ride. They literally have the word last in the title. Yeah, like, right. I, like, I, like I'm like i hoping I learn a little bit about this mysterious figure, this globe-trotting, womanizing archaeologist. <laughs> um, and yeah, this is that insight into his origins. And this is really all you need, just him talking up what, you know, a disappointment or what a, a, a regretful... I don't know what if you call it relationship he had with his father or just kind of existence he had with his father. I can't help but sympathize with um, with in, uh, Indy's character here, mm-hmm. and, and part of me wishes this scene was a little bit longer. Although I I understand the restraint, I understand Spielberg not wanting this to become too much of a like psychological father son drama where. Right. They're, you know, airing out all their old baggage and, and it becomes all about that. But there is an opportunity here for, for Indy to really blow up at his dad if he wanted to, you know, cause it, it, this is the first time he's really sort of, it seems like the first time he's really confronted his dad about how distant that they were growing up. And, and uh, we get, you know, allusions to his mother dying when they were young and they don't really talk about that very much. Right. But uh, in a different movie, you you could have a real big blow up, drag you know knockdown drag out fight here, um, and it it sort of fizzles uh, with you know uh, uh, Henry giving the line about uh, well what do you want to talk about, and you know Indy leans back in his chair and and stutters and mutters and finally says I can't think of a thing. And that sort of ends the conversation because he's like, well, what are you complaining about? And then they start talking about the, the diary. And, right. Uh, it's in, in a, in a way it's fitting uh, mm-hmm. because it, it sort of allows us a quick window into their relationship, but then also quickly moves past it so that we don't dwell on the sadness too much and get right. back to the story at hand. But at the same time, like there is an opportunity for a much bigger conversation there that could have happened that they chose not to have uh in the movie which i find interesting um not necessarily the wrong move but interesting uh nonetheless right um you yeah you mentioned blow, having that possibility to blow up uh, we know india is quite capable at screaming when necessary <laughs> right uh, right to to save his own skin or to get his point across but he doesn't do it here i think it's quite the insight into like almost a, a 20 years before Indy and his father talking where his father would put him in his place. Just give him that, Oh, that, that like Scrooge McDuck stare with mm. the, with the rimless glasses, just intense. <laughs> do, but speaking of the conversation, can we, do you mind doing a dramatic line read? We haven't Shall done we? one in, it feels like years, 20 years. Oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm going to pull up the script here. Yeah. Just scroll yeah. down to the bottom. You'll see uh, Henry in blue, yes. Indy in the, Orange. Now, are you going to be uh, Henry or Indy? 
I think you have to be Henry because like <laughs> your impressions like always like make me laugh too much. Where if I tried them, I feel like I would just I wouldn't be able to make it through. I'd rather just be laughing. And well, not- and I have to be careful here because if I try to do Sean Connery the whole way through, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to make it either. So <laughs> I'm going to try to find a, a middle ground here, everybody. So bear with me. <laughs> That's not all we shared. (laughs) The human torch was denied a bank loan. (laughs) The human torch. All right. All right. Okay. Dramatic, dramatic line read. Ding. You know, sharing your adventures is an interesting experience. That's not all we shared. It's it's disgraceful. You're old enough to be her, her grandfather. Well, I'm as human as the next. As the next man. (laughs) I was the next man. (laughs) Ships that pass in the night. Do you remember the last time we had a quiet drink? I had a milkshake. Hmm. What did we talk about? We didn't talk. We never talked. And do I detect a rebuke? A regret. It was just the two of us, Dad. It was a lonely way to grow up. For you, too. If you had been an ordinary average father like the other guy's dads, you'd have understood that. Actually, I was a wonderful father. When? Did I ever tell you to eat up? Go to bed? Wash your ears? Do your homework? No. I respected your privacy, and I taught you (laughs) self-reliance. Sorry, the self-reliance thing always gets me. I taught you (laughs) self-reliance. Okay. <clears throat> what you taught me was that I was less important to you than other people who had been dead for 500 years in another country. And I learned it so well that we've hardly spoken for 20 years. You'd left when you were just becoming interesting. Dad, how can you... Very well. I'm here now. What do you want to talk about? Hmm? Well, I can't think of anything. Then what are you complaining about? Look, we have work to do. When we get to Alexandretta, we will face three challenges. First, the breath of God. Only the pen a man will pass. Second, the word of God. Only in the footsteps of God will he proceed. Third, the path of God. Only in the leap from the lion's head will he prove his worth. The lion's head? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. We'll find out. And scene. Well done. Well Ooh. done. <laughs> that was fun. That was I, fun. I taught you self-reliance. <laughs> 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 I never knew how much I liked that line until right now. <laughs> it, is, it is. It is good. I, I, I. Yeah. I love the explanation of just just Henry defending himself. He's not ever giving any ground in this conversation. You can see just the stubbornness in this guy with even with his grown adult son reaching out like let's talk, let's talk. And it's like no, like we're not going to talk. I'm just going to stare at you till you crumble like we used to. Um, it's so true. It's a it's a combination of stubbornness but there's also a little bit there of um, what what, I'm, what word am I looking for? There's a little bit of a uh, chalada. <laughs> I was 
going to say just like a little bit of a, a disconnect. Like, okay, there we go. That's more like... <laughs> Have another chalada. I taught you self-reliance. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, uh, that, there's that disconnect. Little, I agree. The word I was looking for was he's a little oblivious. He, there's a stubbornness to him, but he's also just a little oblivious to what their life was actually like, I feel like. Mm-hmm. You know, like we see this later on when Indy almost dies when the tank goes over the edge of the cliff and they have that nice moment where yes, they yes. have the big hug and he's like, I almost lost you, son. Huh. And uh, But then immediately after that, he's like, okay, let's get going. What are mm-hmm. you doing? Why are you sitting there resting? <laughs> right. We have the end of the movie coming up. Right. And, and so there's, he has an, uh, this air of obliviousness to him where it, it, he's a little disconnected from reality. He's very much wrapped up in his own um, world. You can see that, that I, I think part of that plays to the frustration of Indy's character. Mm-hmm. He's been living with this his whole life. That is not only is his father kind of distant from him, but he's also a little oblivious to the fact that he's distant from him, you know? And uh, yeah, so we, we just kind of get that, that, that little insight here, I guess. Sure. Well, right. That, that said, I mean, take a look at what Indies that actually does. It's almost like he is extending that, not Chilada. He's extending. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he's trying to, I think, reach across the relationship aisle here to Indy when he literally moves his chair at, at the beginning of this scene, they've changed tables. We didn't really mention that, but they've changed tables since yeah. um, Indy punched a Nazi and threw him out the window. They probably had to move away from the stink of that Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. Nazis are terrible. They're the worst. Punch them. I hate those guys. Nazis. I hate these guys. Nazis. I hate these guys. <clears throat> but I think this is Henry starting to reach across to help repair that relationship. What is he doing here in this scene? He's literally reading a book to his kid. Yeah. Like there's, there's not much when you think about like spending time with your kids, it's like one of the primordial things you can do with your kid to build that bond, to, to like have memories of, of doing things together is reading them stories like bedtime stories. They mention this as a bedtime story at the beginning of the movie. It's not, Henry, it's Donovan, actually, the beginning of the movie, talking about a bedtime story. It's a bedtime story, yeah. um, Yeah, bedtime story I'd like to wake up, or it's like a dream I'd like to wake up to, something like that. But I think this, to me, if I were to like break this down, because I was looking at it through the relationship um, lens, like I said, I think this is that second big part and what I call like a four-part journey of them repairing that relationship with the yeah. first with the first part being them just starting to share the adventures. Like, come on, dad, come on, dad, let's go. Like, what about the boat? We're not gonna get in the boat. <laughs> right, right. That throws yeah. the briefcase at him. Oh yeah, I love the brief. We'll talk love about the that. briefcase tossing um yeah. in the next part. But yeah, I think this is part two, is that connecting, yeah, they're recounting what a sad relationship they had. But I think Henry's starting to move forward into the present. He's like literally saying, what do you want to talk about? Well, let's talk about what we're doing right now. And to me, that's not necessarily Henry saying like, forget the past. Like it doesn't matter. I think it's saying like, let's look forward to what we're going up against. Mm-hmm. And let me read you a little story. Son, my son. Right. My boy. My boy. Um, but oh, part boy. three to me, if I were to 
break down the other two parts really briefly. You mentioned the hug. I think that's part three where he hugs Indy thinking he'd lost him. And there's so many things I want to tell him. Indy looks so happy in that moment. I've watched that scene a few times. Um, It'll like choke you up a little bit, like realizing, oh, this is the, the hug. This is the presence he's needed all his life. And he just didn't realize it. Or maybe he realized it and just is finally receiving that. Um, and that moment, I think Indy could have just died a happy man. He's like, after yeah. that hug, like, I'm happy. And, and, and Henry every- admits that there were things that he should have told him that he yes. hadn't. Yeah, he kind of has that little realization. But let's be clear, like, he doesn't go ahead and just tell them a whole, tell them a <laughs> bunch of stuff. He still doesn't, yeah. And and another <laughs> further clearing is, like, after this movie, they might still resort to being kind of stone-faced at each other for a while. Right. But I think they're definitely breaking the ice. Uh, and then part four is the extra bonus of them finding the grail and then both of them turning it down. Henry yeah, telling and Indy like each other, right. Saving each other. Henry telling Indy like, come on, let go of it. He calls him by his name. Only a couple times. This is the only part of, that's the only part of the movie calls him by Indiana, Indiana, <laughs> Indiana. Let it go. Indiana. Let it go. And then, of course, Elsa, who sang Let It Go, falls down the ravine. Can't believe right. it. Crazy. Whoa. Weird I know. connection there. Weird yeah. connection. Yeah. That didn't, <laughs> I saw that on some meme a long time ago. But yeah, to, <laughs> to me, I think looking at it through the relationship lens, I was really looking hard. Like, is it there? Are they actually connecting? Or is it just at the end? They're just kind of whip cracking lines at each other. I, I think the relationship is reconnecting throughout the whole movie. And then this is, this is key to that is, is him reading to his son. Yeah. Well, like you mentioned, I think that is the, ultimately the theme of this movie. Like you, mm-hmm. you said like the, the MacGuffin or whatever is the Holy grail. It's the thing that, that propels the whole movie forward. But, but the real, uh, you know, story of this movie is, is Indy and his father and repairing their relationship. And, uh, and this is the, you're right. I think this is absolutely that second step, that second moment in the movie where we begin to see that happen. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, good, good breakdown there. Good analysis, if you will. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. And, did, and I mentioned this last week previewing this episode, but in this scene, when they're talking to each other one to one, they're not wearing any trousers. <laughs> no trousers. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it written out, but I also watched the behind the scenes the other day of Last Crusade and sure. Sean Connery saying, like, I was I was a sweaty, sweaty man. I, I told look, them I, hey, I, I need hey, to take look, my pants down. off. Look, look down right now. What do you see? <laughs> what do you my, see down there? <laughs> my chalada. <laughs> I haven't shaved down there in months. <laughs> it's a... It's a bushy wasteland. <laughs> Looks like I've got Chewbacca in a, in a land lock. <laughs> I can't even say it. You should try combing your pubes instead of burning them. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, penitent man will shave. <laughs> uh, but, but Harrison Ford also wanted to like make him comfortable. So he, I guess he took his pants off too while they filmed this scene. <laughs> Go ahead. Take yours <laughs> off too. We'll be here together. <laughs> I'll show you mine. If you show me yeah. yours, we, we could, we could touch them together. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> have you no, have you no self-reliance? <laughs> just, just touch it. Let's touch them together. <laughs> What are we talking about? 
talking about touching our wieners together. <laughs> Belongs in a museum. Okay. <laughs> My wiener belongs in a museum. <laughs> um, we should get to part three. Let's jump to part three. Part <laughs> part, part three. Move it along. Uh, well, you're welcome, everybody. All right. <laughs> part welcome. three. Uh, this is going to be one hour and 16 minutes flat all the way to the end of the scene, which is one hour, 16 minutes and 55 seconds. The shadows inside the Zeppelin start to shift in the cabin as Indy exclaims that they are now heading back to Germany. Cut to the Zeblin turning in the sky. Great shot, by the way. And then cut to the Joneses climbing down a metal ladder situated underneath the Zeppelin. They race across a metal platform to another ladder while Indy explains that he broke the Zeppelin's radio. They climb into a biplane on the Zeppelin's undercarriage and Indy shares with his dad that while he can fly a plane, he cannot land one. Indy detaches the plane from the Zeppelin and the Joneses fly away from the airship. End scene. Here's that sound design we were talking about. Oh, so good. Just just all so good. sorts of clunking of the biplane detaching and the engine starting up, the engine kind of whining. I love the catalyst for this section of the scene where the shadows move across the table. Oh, I love it. This is this is Spielberg reminding you, like, I'm directing this. Don't, don't forget. <laughs> right. Like, he right. loves shadow and light. If if there's some right iconic shadow and light being used you know, in the 80s and 90s, like Spielberg has has a hand in it, probably. They're taking us back to Germany. Absolutely. It's just, it's very short. Just one of those little tiny details that not mm-hmm. every filmmaker would think to put in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it it's just perfect because you see that, you, then you immediately see um, Harrison Ford's face kind of change. And, uh, and then we know all of a sudden that the Jones boys are back in trouble again. They're taking us back to Germany. Right, they need to just, just, just run from the 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 next thing that's coming after them. Just get out of there. Yeah, that that shadow moving <clears throat> yeah, reminds me of something in the beginning of the movie. In the beginning of the movie, Indiana Jones is first looking at the first marker left behind by the Grail Knights. Uh, he's in Walter Donovan's study uh, near the beginning. This is along like right near the very very beginning of all this, um, and one of the shadow scenes that always stuck out to me was when Walter Donovan and Indiana Jones are talking about the Holy Grail, like Walter Donovan's shadows, he walks across the room very noticeably passes right over the first marker. Like, like almost if you're not noticing it, if you're not knowing he's the bad guy, you're not thinking of anything of it, but knowing uh. he's the bad guy, it's, it's very like for like literally foreshadowing of him, <laughs> right. right. Bring his darkness uh, to this oh. artifact. Um, so, but, but all the same, I really like the, 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 sh- the shadows playing and, um, and again, I mentioned this before as one of my brother Aaron's favorite lines of they're taking us back to Germany. They're taking us back to Germany. They're taking us back to Germany. Um, so here we get, uh, uh, we get, we get kind of snippy. We get snippy indie with his dad, yeah. which we see throughout the film, which always cracks me up. But mm-hmm. like we get these moments where so many times in this movie, Indiana Jones is like, come on, dad. Like the, you know, the way you talk to your mom when you're a teenager or something, you right? Know? Like, God, mom. Or if like your yeah, it's your your parents trying to play a video game with you or something like like no, dad, you press the B button, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, punch him, dad, punch him. So but, here we 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 get that we get that little uh, feeling between those two, and uh, and uh, we get some. 
you mentioned the bag earlier being like this this vehicle for physical comedy throughout mm-hmm. the film. Right. Yeah. And and so I, I love that here. The um like earlier in the scene we saw them uh, throw the bag back and forth at each other with the whole uh when they were trying to get into the boat. Right. And he's using the boat as a decoy. Right, 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 right. And he throws the bag and then Andy just throws it right back at him. Right. Yeah. Um, and then and later we see the bag uh, on the beach when uh, he, uh, Henry throws the bag at his chest and he pulls out his umbrella to shoo the birds into the into the biplane. Uh, right. Which is, yeah. Which is yeah. Which is great. Which is a great use too. But that bag just keeps on coming back. Yeah. I don't. I don't know that. I can't remember if you see it after uh, the beach per se. Because I'm thinking of like the tank scene. I can't remember him carrying a bag on the tank scene. The cliff scene. I don't think he has his bag and the. The Grail cave, I don't remember the bag being there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely like this little, yeah, like you were saying, uh, like a vehicle for comedy as they're it's throwing it around. It's a little thing. Yeah, they, they, they use it several times in a row uh, before, during, and after this scene. It's kind and of funny. I, I never noticed until I was making the notes that Indy just kind of rips the bag out of his dad's hand here in the undercarriage of the Zeppelin. Like it's it's such a <laughs> tiny little moment, but it's, it's again, speaking to... Right, Indy trying to like drag his dad along on this adventure. Like, come on, dad, no, we go, we go this way to the plane to escape. Or like he says, right, like no, the, the bad guys come in through the front door, and he's like, oh, good point. It speaks to his annoyance, right? Like, oh my god, like your fucking bag. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, you got that stupid bag. You always have that bag, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> always got that bag. So uh, they climb down here. They climb down the ladder. They are going to escape on this biplane. Mm-hmm. Now, is this something that was normal? Is this historically accurate to have a biplane like this attached <laughs> to the bottom of your Zeppelin? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's almost as if uh, <laughs> I had a note that talked about that. Um, but it, it wasn't. Stop it was pulling the curtain back, John. Yeah, all right, all right, all right, all right. We'll not pull the curtain back. We'll not post these notes. <laughs> we, we don't even reuse notes. What am I talking about? This is all from yeah. memory. Uh, no, it's not. I take notes. Um, and you do too, which is it's awesome. Um, did you take notes for this episode? I always take notes for the episodes. John, what are you talking awesome. about? Okay, cool, cool, cool. I just, <laughs> just remember Fred I've turned a new leaf with this, with this podcast. Aw, thanks for turning a new leaf. I do. I don't. I I should share them with you. I don't share them with you because they always have my next film in there. But I guess I could leave that part out. Uh, oh, and share that's, a, that's a deal breaker. Yeah, I would go right to that scene because that's all I care about yeah. at this part of the episode. I'm just like <laughs> I'm know. just thinking in the back of my mind. What is that? Is it going to be the Street Fighter scene <laughs> where <laughs> Dalsim is like a weird guy? Is it going to be okay? Anyway, we can't talk about that. But no, this was. Steel not, Magnolias. <laughs> Steel Magnolias. It's not a bad movie. You'll, you'll cry. <laughs> you'll believe a man can cry. Um, but this is it's, it's not a common uh, technology to have the airplane stuck to the bottom of a Zeppelin. It just wasn't, it just wasn't common. But um, you see this in the U.S. Navy airships. So at the time, right, the U.S. Navy is also using blimps. Who knew? Like this little right. <laughs> weird snippet in history. And yeah, you don't see it often in in mainstream media, um, this, this idea that we had just Zeppelins filling the skies at one point, but the USS Akron and USS Macon apparently had these sky hooks, they were called, not like the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar sky hook, which <laughs> right, is iconic, but they had these iconic, I guess, sky hooks that could essentially 
tether the plane or catch the plane on the underside, which sounds just frighteningly hard to try to do something like that. Like I'm going to fly under the blimp like this massive, I think it's 800 feet long, uh, full of explodable chemicals uh, balloon, basically uh, with this sharp propeller and all sorts of static electricity built up. And I'm going to hook it to the underside of the plane. Um, But yeah, it, it, it it was, something in use for a little bit. But like I said before, um, after the Hindenburg disaster, not a lot of Zeppelins or airships or blimps are taken to the sky in a military uh, situation. For for the most part, that kind of raises the question also, like in today's blimps, like what is the out? What is the escape if the thing does go down? Are you just all putting on, um, what are those things called? I can't even think, parachutes. (laughs) Chaladas, <laughs> chaladas, put on your chaladas. On your chaladas, it's gonna get um, Do you think this line about him uh, being able to fly but not land is is a little bit of a a callback to Temple of Doom when he flies the plane but clearly cannot land? It's mentioned as a callback I saw before in the trivia, and I thought that was that was pretty fun. But at the same time, if you think about Temple of Doom, th- that's not his fault that he couldn't land. It was like you're that's like true. in the Hindu Kush or some other extreme mountain range, and you're out of fuel, like like disaster disastrously out of fuel all of a sudden. And the right, uh, I don't think it was a landing deal, but yeah, that's maybe true. it was a callback to that. But it's also. Hilariously, like a call forward now to the current Harrison Ford, who. Well, at um, least they didn't inflate a raft and push it over the side and <laughs> jump into that. Just <laughs> really go for it and like land yeah. in India all of a sudden. Right. <laughs> Where the hell are we? Where are we? <laughs> I'm in a raft. But the, the, the real life Harrison Ford, as we know, has uh, you know, he's an avid pilot. And I believe he's crashed a couple of times, a couple oh of his, uh, smaller planes in recent years. Harrison Ford, calm down, buddy. You're yeah. old and retired now. You don't need to be crashing planes. Yeah. yeah. My goodness. But uh, it's, it's a fun little exchange here. It's more of that kind of goofy level, but also like a callback, like you're saying, uh, like another insight and in, like his dad's impressed. You can tell at first, like, I didn't know you right. could fly a plane. Right. He's, he is. He's absolutely impressed. Yeah. Can you imagine like how his stomach must feel like just sinking when he's like, I can't land it though. Like, <laughs> I do love that. I do love that moment where he's like, fly, yes, land, no. And then he pulls the lever and they just go. <laughs> he must be like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm going to die. <laughs> I taught you too much (laughs) self-reliance. It is exciting, though. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, that was a fun scene. Do you have anything else to add for this last section? I feel like we did a pretty good job here. I I think we did it. I don't have uh, anything else. Okay. Well, um, that brings us to our our favorite recurring segment. Yeah. Is it better than Predator? Predator I th- wins. I think this is going to be an easier. Well, I don't know. I thought this would be an easier question for me than for you. Um, so I'm going to pose it to you first because you chose this movie. Is this movie better than Predator? I, I guess what I'm resorting to for this recurring segment is the recurring sit both movies on a table and see which right. one like I would just instinctually, instinctively or instinctually, it doesn't matter, reflexively <laughs> reach for or like more prefer. Right. And I, again, it's like more. 
I think depending on what I'm in the mood for, if I'm yeah. in the mood for some kind of goofy action, some comedy, some feel goodery, I, I think I'm going for this movie. If I'm going more for, I don't know, like the, as weird as it sounds like the movie craft itself, like gosh, and the suspense, that's definitely predator. I, I think John McTiernan really brought it together for his like big debut uh, in that movie as, as far as movie making was and suspense building and, the horror angle and just really showcasing everything Arnold could do. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, like I don't have the, as much as I'm nostalgic for predator, I just don't have the nostalgia I do for this movie, which we've talked about time and time again, has that family angle going for it. That predator doesn't really have, unless like you count, you know, maybe it's a movie you did watch with your family or, yeah, you know, a sibling. So I'm going to, I'm going to have to go for this. Like I'm leaning more indie. Okay. Is this the first time that Indy has won for you, or that, uh, that Predator you hasn't won? Predator? Yeah, I, I think I think so. I think this is it's yeah, historic. It's, it's it's high up. It's historic. It's not going to happen often on this show. <laughs> um, super, super Troopers could not pull that off. <laughs> super <laughs> Troopers. Um, I, I Shenanigans. do. <laughs> Shenanigans. Um, oh, Predator. <laughs> Stick around. Stick around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mac. <laughs> Dylan. Dylan. <laughs> CIA's got you pushing too many pencils. <laughs> oh, no. If it bleeds, <laughs> we can kill it. <laughs> Ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> we oh, named we the do dog this all day. Dylan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to go. I'm going to make this short here. I, I, I have a lot of nostalgia for this movie. I it really enjoy the rewatch. Um, although on this rewatch, I realized how kind of silly and um, kind of goofy this movie is at times. Um, I also really did appreciate how well made it is as like a family adventure action movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really fun, but uh, I'm going to give the nod here to predator. Um, put these two movies down on a table and ask me to watch one right now. I'm, I think I'm choosing uh, Arnold and the gang. Uh, so I'm going to go predator here. Awesome. Predator wins split decision. It's a tie. It's a tie. Um, we're going to do recommends and then we're going to reveal the next movie. Hey, this sounds like a plan. Okay. Um, recurring segment recommends recommends. Uh, I'll go ahead and recommend first. Thanks. I will recommend a movie that I watched recently that, uh, is not groundbreaking in any way, shape or form, but, uh, was a ton of fun. And that movie is called nobody. Ah, I knew it. You knew it? Because it showed up on your Plex and I watched it. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody, the uh, kind of action movie uh, starring Bob Odenkirk. Um, I thought it was uh, just a a fun sort of revenge style action movie. Kind of your, it's sort of like a John Wick ripoff. Like you're every man who decides to uh, uh, exact revenge on people that deserve it. And uh, I had a lot of fun with it. So... If you're on the fence about watching Nobody, have a couple beers first and then put it on. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I, re- I really enjoyed it. Yeah, nice. Christopher nice. Lloyd as the dad is just... He, he was great. Yeah, talk about a father-son relationship. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was fun. It was fun to see him in a movie. I hadn't seen him in a movie in a very long time, so that was great. Nice. Yeah. Um, what do you got this week for a recommend? 
John Zabriskie. Oh, I highly recommend the Modella Chalada. <laughs> I recommend you take two chaladas and call me in the morning. I'll be right over. <laughs> we can rub them together. Teach you a little self-reliance. <laughs> So beyond the chaladas, the <laughs> the ghost chaladas thing we're talking about, um, I'm recommending uh, an animated series called Invincible. Mm. It's a Prime Video uh, animated series based on. I'm just reading IMDb right now. Based on the Skybound Image comic about a teenager whose father is the most powerful superhero on the planet. So I think it runs in the vein, kind of, mm. of the boys. If you remember the boys. Um, I remember your recommend. Yeah. And I still have not checked it out. And I've heard from many other people that it's great. So I'm, I'm slacking. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely check out the boys. If, if you like, I mean, check out that first episode with invincible. I think if you check out that first episode, what I think it does so well, and it just concluded last week is it sets up this enormous mystery around superheroes and, I don't want to say much more beyond that, but mm. um, it is really well executed. This mystery over, I can't remember if it's eight or 10 episodes. It's 10 episodes. Uh, and um, it follows this high school guy who becomes a superhero in his adolescence. Um, and his dad is like the number one superhero in the world, but they both have secret identities. So we have that kind of goofy kind of secret identity keeping um, really interestingly paralleling um, this giant mystery uh, and it is not afraid to pull punches it, or not afraid it doesn't pull punches this show um, it's made by Robert Kirkman the guy who made Walking Dead uh, mm. that comic series and then of course the um, show is based on that um, but it, it, if you watch you'll recognize a whole bunch of the music the music is outstanding a lot of Run the Jewels which I know you love oh I am yeah. in already that's, wow. that's, that's one of the main like recurring bad guys themes is just hearing the run the jewels songs. Oh, I love um, the jewels. A lot of good voice actors. You have like Jason Manzoukas, Zook, uh, Zachary Quinto, who was Spock in the JJ Abrams movies. Uh, JK Simmons who plays Omni man, like this all powerful superhero. Who's the dad of the main character, Mark Grayson, uh, played by Steven Yoon, who's in the walking dead and a few other shows. Wow. What a great cast. Yeah, yeah, really, really solid cast. Mahershala Ali, Mark Hamill, Clancy Brown. What? Yeah, exactly. Gillian Jacobs. What's the name like, of the show? Invincible? Invincible, Invincible, yeah. Oh I think God. if you watch at least the first episode and you're not hooked, then yeah, it's then right, don't bother finishing because it's all about that hook, that first uh, mystery um, setup at the end of the first episode. And by the way, like the first episode, it does a great change from what you think it's going to be about to what it actually turns into by the end of the episode. We're like, Oh, holy crap. Okay. Like I'm either uh, on board for this or I'm not. I don't often watch animated shows, but you may have just convinced me to uh, step into it. So yeah, sounds great. Yeah. No, there's some, there's some good animation happening out there and yeah, yeah I'll, I'll probably have nice. another animated thing to recommend in a couple weeks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I can guess what that is, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not hard. It's time, John, to reveal our next movie. Let's do it. So for the next movie, Jeff, I am 
Oh, wait, no. No, wait. You're picking. I'm picking. Yeah, it's now, your choice. It's my, it's my choice. Oh, I have my pleasure. <laughs> so last week, you, uh, I, I enjoyed this. You gave me the, um, the timestamp of the movie and a little clue and, and to see if I could guess it. Yeah, that was and fun. I, Wasn't that fun kind of guessing off clues? That was fun. And I, I could not guess it. Uh, no. But I'm going to do that to you. So I'm going to give you the timestamp. <laughs> And the year, and let you try to guess, and then I might have one more clue for you, and then we'll reveal. So, the timestamp of this movie, actually, the first, the year of this movie is 1982. The timestamp of the scene (laughs) is this the thing? uh, No, okay, actually, good guess though. Thanks. The timestamp is uh, 15 minutes to 21 minutes and five seconds. Oh. From Sweet 1982. Spot. 15 minutes to 21 minutes. Yeah. So it's in that wheelhouse, that six-minute, five- to six-minute wheelhouse. Five- Love to six-minute wheelhouse, yeah. Uh, uh, would you like to give me – or I can give you the, the name, like the description that I've come up with for the scene. Um, how about – yes, please. I'm titling this scene The Police Station Escape. The police station is – Wait, no. That's too early. I know it's not the Terminator. That's 84. That's 84. Um, police station escape. <laughs> I was like racking in my brain. I'm like, please say it's not assault on precinct 13 because that's John Carpenter who did the and thing that year. That's the 70s. Yeah. Right, right. Man, I am. I, can you tell me the director of this movie? Uh, oh, shoot. I actually don't know the director off the top of my head. <laughs> okay, so police escape scene. It's about six minutes long. Gosh, is it a movie I, I, I know? Do you think? Yeah, I'll, uh, I can give you one more hint and it'll probably give it away. Okay. Uh, this movie stars Sylvester Stallone. Oh, is it? No, it's not that one. Is it First Blood? First Blood. Oh, wow. I, I You know, I've never seen First <sighs> Blood. John Rambo, a drifter, just passing through their town. Morning! Headed north or south? North. Now jump in. I'll make sure you're heading the right direction. Huh? You got someplace I can eat around here? There's a diner about 30 miles up the highway. Is there any law against me getting something here? Yeah, me. I want you to book this gentleman for vagrancy, resisting arrest, carrying a concealed weapon. They knew he was innocent. I'm starting to dislike you. Lot. And they didn't give a damn. That's okay, Warren. Don't worry about the soap. He's tough. Just shave him. Drag. Don't move. I don't want you to cut your own throat. John Rambo. One man who's been pushed too far. You're finished! You've gone as far as you're gonna go! And straight for the top. <laughs> right on top of him. There's no way out of here except through us. He was hunted. Trapped. There he is! On the cliff! And forced to fight back. Don't push it. Don't push it, I'll give you a war you won't believe. Teasel, you and all your men couldn't handle him before. Now, what makes you think you can handle him now? 
because God knows what damage he's prepared to do. You don't seem to want to accept the fact that you're dealing with an expert in guerrilla warfare. Are you telling me that 200 men against your boy is a no-win situation for us? You send that many, don't forget one thing. A good supply of body bags. Sylvester Stallone. This time, he's fighting for his life. First blood. Really? I've, I've seen the other Rambos, and I've heard... Right, everything good about this movie. I've heard reviews about this movie, and I am so excited for you. Oh my gosh, I'm excited for me and, and us. Thank you. You know, uh, we'll we'll talk about it more next time. But I have that's so crazy. I have a very similar experience where I did not see this movie until much later in life because I thought I had seen Rambo movies and I was thinking of the sequels. But right. the first Rambo movie, just called First Blood is fantastic you are going to love it i'm so excited that you get to watch this for the first time oh my gosh i'm pumped i mean like i feel like i know a lot about it just because it's been in uh you know the 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 zeitgeist it's been in the consciousness of yeah the public not just as like a corny rambo movie but like the the good one like the serious take it's on- a legit good movie yeah um, and oh my god, I am so excited that you've never I cannot believe you've never seen this before. Um yes. Perfect choice, me. <laughs> yeah, no, sweet. That's awesome. <laughs> it's also 82, so you'll have the, the the quick chance to say, oh yeah, I like the thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh I'm really, really excited for you to watch this for the first time. And the scene that I have chosen is um one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It's the catalyst for essentially the main kind of conflict in the movie. So um, yeah, you're going to, you're going to enjoy this one. I promise. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, man. Is is this, it's Brian. Didn't he, the bad guy in this? Yes. Okay. Officer Teasel. Yeah. Brian Dennehy. He's amazing. Also. Yeah. He's great in this too. He's a perfect bad guy. Awesome. All right. First blood. This will be blood. Gosh, probably our most serious movie to date. If I'm like quickly racking my brain. It's a great kind of combination of being a a movie that has uh, something to say about um, veterans and PTSD and, and the way uh, veterans were treated after the Vietnam War. Uh-huh. And also just being a kick-ass like, action movie from the early 80s. So um, I, I think you're really going to like this one. I, I, am, I wish I could be in your shoes and watch this for the first time again. This is awesome. Sweet. Dude. <laughs> well, I look forward to it. I look forward to our conversation about first blood. Yeah. Uh, All right. Should we wrap things up here? Yeah. Let's uh, wrap up where we can find you first. Yes, that's right. I am Jeff Glover. I am on the Twitter. You can find me there. I am Carl underscore Hungus 314. My name is Carl been expert. Come follow me on the Twitter. Okay. John, where can we find you and all things seen at all? Hey, by the way, when I'm following you on Twitter, what are you tweeting about these days? Oh, gosh. I have not actually tweeted much. Uh, I've retweeted a few things. I tweeted about Rumble in the Bronx recently. Oh, that's right. About their outfits. About their outfits. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I should be releasing the Force Awakens episode soon. So I can say some things there, too. Yeah, I will. I definitely will. 
All right. All right. Well, um, we look forward to following you, Carl Hungus. Thanks. Everyone for there. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. It was quite wonderful. <laughs> where can I uh, where can I meet up with you online and have a chalada? Hey, let's meet up, have a chalada on the Twitter. Uh, we are at seen it all underscore. So that's seen S C E N E it all underscore. Cause the first couple seen it alls were taken. Um, <laughs> and you can email the show seen it all podcast at gmail.com. I think we did receive a, an actual email. Nice. Uh, hello. How's it going? Hope all is well. I have some cool information that might interest you. Your podcast, Seen It All with Jeff and John, has good performance in Apple Podcast rankings last 30 days. Position 41 in the category Film Reviews, United Kingdom. Oh. Happy, happy podcasting. I think that's because we have is, two is people because... in Britain or in the United <laughs> Kingdom who actually listen to our show. That really bumps up the numbers. <laughs> and that's probably only because of our connection to uh, the VHS Strikes Back. Guys. Exactly. So thank you, Dave and Chris, for really uh, propping Thanks, up. Dave and Chris. Yeah, yeah the show there. So awesome. <laughs> that's so funny. I love it. Yeah, I don't even know if that's a real email but i'm going to read it as if it was and it was sure. addressed to the show uh you can also join the facebook group seen it all podcast not seen it all podcast seen it all with jeff and john it's just the name of the show you search yeah. it up and uh there will be a group and you can join and talk about things um yeah just any anything you want to talk about yeah come come give us uh, your best sean connery impression oh dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll 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 comment on it we'll talk to you you can suggest scenes i love hearing different people's favorite scenes and then just gives me all sorts of ideas to go off of uh, but yeah that that's everything for me for scene at all absolutely yeah all oh right, do, I, do i do i cap it do you, oh i cap that's right you all cap right. it yeah <laughs> i'll cap it show for all things sheen at all with jeff and john i've been john zabriskie and I am Jeff Glover. And until next time, stick around. Stick around. With a little shelf reliance. <laughs> with a little chalada. <laughs> you should be reading books instead of burning them. Oh, that is that is a top-notch Sean quote. Well done. <laughs> well done. I don't, I don't, I don't have a, an awesome Sean quote that I rely on all the time, but that's, oh, that is a good one. So that's a go-to of mine. I say that whenever <laughs> I do a Sean Connery impression, I'm always reading books instead of burning them. Sharing your adventures is an interesting experience. It's not always shared. It's disgraceful. You're old enough to be her, her, her grandfather. Well, I'm as human as the next man. I was the next man. <laughs> Ships that pass in the night. Do you remember the last time we had a quiet drink? Hmm? I had a milkshake. Really? What did we talk about? We didn't talk. We never talked. Do I detect a rebuke? Regret. It was just the two of us, Dad. It was a lonely way to grow up for you, too. If you'd been an ordinary average father like the other guys' dads, you'd have understood that. Actually, I was a wonderful father. Did I ever tell you to eat up, go to bed? 
wash your ears, do your homework. No, I respected your privacy, and I taught you self-reliance. What you taught me was that I was less important to you than people who'd been dead for 500 years in another country, and I learned it so well that we've hardly spoken for 20 years. You left just when you were becoming interesting. Well, I'm here now. What do you want to talk about? Hmm? I can't think of anything. Then what are you complaining about? <laughs> like we have work to do. When we get to Alexandretta, we will face three challenges. First, the breath of God. Only the penitent man will pass. Second, the word of God. Only in the footsteps of God will he proceed. Third, the path of God. Only in the leap from the lion's head will he prove his worth. What does that mean? I don't know. We'll find out. You wanna see, yeah, you wanna see Like when the Xenomorph took out Harry Dean You wanna see, yeah, you wanna see Like when Bobby D says you're talking to me You can go to the diner for a meal with Meg You can yell at your class, stab yourself in the leg You can upgrade your boat for when sharks attack And you can be like Arnold, tell him I'll be back You wanna see, yeah, you wanna see Like when the Xenomorph took out Harry Dean You wanna Scene, yeah, you wanna see like when Bobby D says you're talking to me. Jeff and John talk scenes and quotes. Jeff improvises while John takes notes. From Mozambique to Montreal, you can join in the chat on Scene It All. You wanna see, yeah, you wanna see like when the Xenomorph took out Harry Dean. You wanna see, yeah, you wanna see like when Bobby D says you're talking to me. Seen it all with Jeff and John.